0: Hello, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I'm Philippa Sturt, and alongside me is my co host, Amelia Hook. Hi, Amelia. Hello. And we're joined today by Andy Welsh. Hi, Andy. Hello there. Andy is founder and CEO of Seriously, a low carb food brand who are on a mission to make a low carb lifestyle not only healthy, but also tasty and accessible to all. From bread to pizza, ready meals to condiments, they're seriously doing it all. I like that. That was Amelia's. <laughs> Bit of um, PR. Uh, so we've got like a table full of food, which is quite good at five o'clock on a.
1: Yep, snack a away, evening. enjoy.
0: So, uh Amina, what would you like to try?
1: Well, we, we created from our original bread, I'm, the very I'm first one. Cheese
0: and um, pickle sandwiches. Cheese because... and pickle
1: sandwiches just for you. The team made them. We don't Perfect. have to do them in um boxes normally, but please help yourself.
2: So, this is the pickle that we've got the little jar. yeah
1: that's the pickle. There's a very famous pickle, which I won't mention that our customers say tastes just like it, but it's got no sugars in.
0: We're calling it sweet pickle. Sweet pickle, Rather picky, than yeah. anything beginning with B?
1: Yeah, possibly.
0: Yeah.
1: Great for radio. That's
0: my vote. <laughs> um, Andy, so while we're snacking... Don't you carry on, yeah. Um, tastes great, by the way. like to thank start you. by asking our guest, what is keeping them up at night? Metaphorically and actually. Yeah,
1: um, me. I think it's time We've grown and... We're, we're, we're 15 employees, but we're not large enough to um, so bring in, in large and larger teams. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing a lot. And the amount of time is the most precious thing. And it may mean I'm working until sometimes, you know, 11, 12, 1 o'clock. And that's fine. I'm really happy with myself. And I fall asleep. And at 3 o'clock, I've woken up again. And I'm like, right, let's do this. No, no, I've got to go back to sleep. I just can't. And I'm up. So... Time, it's like being a of menopausal time. woman, is yes, what Yes, I saying. think I am. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. got it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, um, and what's really weird as well, when we started, all the opportunities we'll probably talk about a bit later on started growing and growing and growing through, you know, in the NHS, internationally, um, retail, consumer, and that lack of time. Mm. I was thinking about it, you can sort of spend yourself just doing a bit of everything, but at home, when you're doing that, you know, you do a bit in the garden, but you don't finish it. You do a bit in the house, don't finish it. You just potter, yeah? Yeah. And that's kind of where we got to it for a little bit. And then we decided to really focus, and now we've got less things to do, but it feels like we've got less time even, because you're so f- into trying to deliver what you're trying to deliver. And so, yeah, time is time is the thing that's keeping me up at night.
0: And as a founder, do you find yourself doing all sorts of different bits of the business?
1: yeah. Put the bins out, everything, yeah. I don't mind. Love yeah. that, yeah. clean the toilets. Yeah, absolutely, I have actually, we work, that's not for dinner time <laughs> viewing, but uh, yes, <laughs> whatever's needed, whatever's needed. Have,
0: have you started to kind of bring in people to do the different roles or is it still?
1: Yeah, I mean, because my background, and we'll talk about later, has not been food and beverage. I've wanted to do everything at least once for myself to understand it, to learn it. So when you're creating the job description or you're bringing someone in you can trust, you can ask the right questions to hire them. So I, I do pretty much have, or have done everything, probably sometimes very, very badly, but I've, I've done it to learn what I think is needed instead. And now we've got probably five or six people in the office and about five or six people in the warehouse.
0: And seriously, am I right in saying seriously isn't in supermarkets?
1: It's in some smaller convenience stores. We're okay. talking to six or seven of the Maltese at the moment, but it's a real journey. And when you start conversa- if you're a business of our size and you're starting conversations with retailers which take nine or 12 months and actually you need to make a business work and consumers online pay before they receive the product, then you can almost manufacture and provide it. It's a, it's a yeah. much better sort of yeah. cash flow position yeah. to, to survive, really. But we'd, we'd love, I mean, for convenience we need to be in retail to to give the value that we need to our for our customers.
0: But was it a conscious decision to start off with the kind of online channels uh, before going there?
1: My first baker I worked with, because our first product was the bread, said ignore retailer, an absolute nightmare to work with. You want to go for food service because food service is nice and easy. And the company at the time were looking after British Airways, Predamanger, a whole load of other ones. And oh so my God, like, okay.
0: The fruit loaf is lovely.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um so our thought our thinking was going to be retail. And I bought some to sort of promote the website, thinking the website is all about promotion. Mm. And we were doing about four or five loaves a day of that. And then one day, at half past seven, we did 130 orders, which was about 200. And was like, what's happened? And then it went dead. So we thought our, our website was broken. This is, I remember it, uh, July the 7th, about three years ago. And I didn't know what was going on, so I called um, a couple of the customers up, a bit weird. So, Excuse me, why did you buy from us?
0: Way to have confidence in yeah, your yeah. product. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they said, oh, this lady, um, a micro-influencer, about only about 3,000 followers, is just talking about your product all over the place. And we went from doing 130 orders on the Tuesday to 500 on the Thursday, which sort of followed up. And by the end of the month, which like two weeks away, we were doing 50,000 units uh, a month.
0: Oh, my God. Wowzers.
1: Yeah. So, from a house, pretty much. From
0: a, a one micro-influencer.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because her passion and belief, and she's now our ambassador, to, you know, okay. free products forever, she's, she's amazing.
0: What's she called? Do we need to give her a plug?
1: We do, really. Emily Santos.
0: Cool. So, you've been going for how long? Three years?
1: Yeah, we started, uh, so so um, I Came up with the idea in the middle of 2019. Went to launch with my first bakery after six months of development in January and did all the launch. And then within two weeks, the bakery said, actually, we're, we're going to dump this product. It's too difficult because it's really yeah. complicated. After six months of prepping, after telling my wife, this is, you know, changing my whole career. Yeah. So that was a horrible moment. A few sort of cries on the bathroom floor.
0: What were you doing before?
1: Beforehand, my background is a uh, corporate change. So uh, i interim change for large FTSE 250 companies
0: right so completely different
1: and they're all sort of within two 250 or american equivalents uh banking real estate engineering military goes on and on insurance it's all sort of typical organizations but never food and beverage
2: so why why food and beverage why the change
1: i'm regretting my life decisions <laughs> um because I was, as an interim, you travel around the world a lot and uh, talk to boards and convince them to do large sort of $70 million programs of change, insourcing, outsourcing, regionalization, all sorts of things like that. And the last one, the last part of the project, they needed me to try and sort out the finance piece, which I wasn't actually involved in, but I came up and I was working out there for six months, commuting to Poland every week, oh, either Sunday or Monday, back on Thursday or Friday, and I collapsed on a uh, on the flight home. Um, I just went, I'm going. And I thought I could either lie in the um, aisle and get carried out and I'll probably be back in Poland again or I'll just see what happens. So I just hoped. And I came to in the suit, absolutely dripping, like really dripping. And there's a gap on the seat next to me and then this young guy on his phone. And he just... "Did he, he notice? Oh, he noticed. He was like going,
2: <laughs> <laughs> great,
1: <I'm> probably wait <laughs> to take a video or something like that. And I thought, I, it was so toxic, I want to get out for a bit. So I... Um, Decided to take some time off, being an interim. Every time there's a new contract ending, you look for the new one. You, you never kind yeah, of yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought, let's, let's do it. I've been doing this for 25 years or so, and uh, I took nine months off. I was a, a triathlete dad by you know, by hobby, and I thought, you know what? Let's do a proper one. So I tried to do. An, I tried to succeed. did an Ironman. Um, look for congratulations. A t- thank you. Look for the, one of the uh, top ten hardest ones in the in the world. Um, so it was, it's actually do you in like Wales. a
0: challenge, basically, yeah.
1: Yeah. and. I thought, apart from my wife will kill me if I don't actually complete it, I uh, discovered about obviously training and stretching and sleep, really, really mm. important, but nutrition. And I discovered this guy called Professor Dan Plews, who got into the World Finals after two years not being a triathlete and he put it all down to being in keto and utilising the fats in your body to keep going rather than yep. the spike of up and down spike that you get. So I did it, followed it. Couldn't find anything online. I went on to, you know, Amazon, whatever, keto bread. Because if you're in a strict sort of low-carb into a level of keto, you have to avoid things like bread, pasta, rice, potatoes.
0: All the things that taste nice. And that
1: fill you up, yeah? yeah, that sit on half your plates yeah. yeah. And um, well, I could find recipes and I thought, you know what, this, this is with my mentality, um, is I wonder if I could commercialise it. So I played around with it whilst I was doing this and... Um, Yeah, we went from, like I say, from a few rolls to 50,000 in a month without advertising as well, which is mad.
0: That's amazing. But also, there's such a range of products. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not just bread. We're looking at, like, frozen meals.
1: Yeah, we've got pickles. Pizzas,
0: pizza bases.
1: Yeah, our pizza bases have got more protein than steak per 100 grams.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay.
1: Wow. One well, of our, our meals, like our uh, Chicky Mexican rice, the whole meal um, mm. has only got 180 calories in it.
2: I can vouch for that, 180 <laughs> calories.
1: And you can take them home and, and feed back.
2: This is definitely mm. my dinner for tonight. That's going to be yours, isn't it, <laughs> yeah, Pepper? It probably yeah. is, Pesto actually. pizza.
0: I haven't got anything in the fridge take, in the traditional manner. manner. I never have anything in the fridge, <laughs> that's,
1: that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, I can give you a bit of a background of why it yeah. comes about. That's, that helps. So, so, I started with bread, and that's why there's more derivatives of bread here. So, like uh, the standard bread or the seeded bread or the white, typical white bread, which people love, or the fruit version. So, like not cross buns, so like spice version. Yeah. So, that, that, that came as a starter. So, when I launched this and we did all those orders, we have a really loyal consumer base. Uh, we call them our low carb legends. They are awesome. And we could ask them loads of questions and they answer them. And mm. we said, So, why do you do it? Is it because I've just discovered? 100,000 athletes in there or whatever and it wasn't. 80% of our customers were buying purely for weight loss right? and 50% were buying to manage diabetes whether it be it started with type 2 but actually type 1 and pre-diabetic and yeah it just seemed to be this large demographic and so we did more research and why was it helping? Yeah
0: because I suppose if it helps like gestational diabetes and things like that then somebody might buy it just for that period that they're pregnant
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, And what we, what we found since doing the survey again is we have about 79% uh, buy for weight loss, 35% buy for diabetes, which is actually very similar to the national demographic of people who are diabetic or pre-diabetic. Mm. And now we have about 45% that buy it just because it's better and healthier, which is where we want to get to.
0: So that was going to be my next question, actually, was where do you, where do you see this going? You know, what's the long-term goal?
1: I would love to make this a standard commodity product for everybody. So at the moment, people buy it f- to overcome a challenge. Yeah. Uh, so for example, for the weight loss side of things, it's it doesn't give you the sugar spike. And just to confirm, I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. But uh, if you think about uh, Christmas, you, know, you eat loads and loads and loads and loads, and your sugar spike goes up, and the higher it goes up, the, hunger, the more hungry you get. Yeah. So... 20 minutes after Christmas dinner, you're looking around, nibbling again. You're, what am I doing? You know, and if you're in an environment where there's lots of food, your brain is programmed to say, keep eating. You may not have food for another two weeks. You must keep eating. Now, with our products, you don't get that sugar spike. Therefore, you don't get the drop for the hunger pains. Mm. Therefore, you don't fuller so for longer. Yeah, so you don't snack. So you have you consume less calories, and therefore you can lose weight and not be hungry. So my challenge to you guys is when you try our pizzas, have like them at lunchtime, for example, and I don't know what your habits are, but if you have a snack at three or whatever, you probably will find that you just don't need to snack. You don't even think about it. You get to sort of six, seven o'clock in the evening, you go, oh my God, I was meant to do dinner. Mm. So you, with, with that, you have other benefits in regards to sugar. So by default, we have too many carbs in our diet all the time and you can do loads of research out there. So our body is already always packed with lots of sugar in our blood system, and therefore we have we struggle, and that's why there are so many people with uh, you know insulin intolerance and uh, sensitivity, and it's just not your body is not where it needs to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you, we find with our diabetic customers, not only do they not they get, get the sugar spike, but it's easier for them to manage things. So when we launched the bread, I got a call from a um, policeman in Jersey. Bit worrying. So what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> And he called up to say thank you. And he wanted to arrange a meeting with his wife uh, on over a over call. And his son has a symptom called GLUT1, which means he cannot use glucose to transfer energy between the cells and has to be in a state of ketosis to use fats instead. Right. And he said, I wanted to show you some photos. This is my son, he's eight years old, and this is him, him eating a burger for the first time, a cheeseburger. And this is him eating cheese on toast for the first time.
0: Okay, because he couldn't uh, eat bread. Yeah,
1: and when we're apart from a few tears, went, hang on a second, how do you know it works? Because we we've only just mm. kind of made this up and done paper nutritionals. We went, don't worry, I do his bloods eight times a day. I know it works, and that was like right, okay, so there's something going on here, which is why we have um, an eighty percent repeat order rate, and the industry average is about thirty five, I think. So it was something that was happening. And then the next one was on the weight loss side of things. So I sort of, there's a click going, something yeah. medical yeah, yeah. here. And I was out putting the bins out one of our first units. And this guy, I always think of him as Steve, I don't know why. But he's got all his tools on. Yeah, all the tool belt and everything like that. He went, all right, mate. I went, all right, morning. 8.30 in the morning. He goes, fucking amazing. This is, this is, oh, this is brilliant. I went, oh, cheers. Thank you very much. He goes, no, seriously. Seriously. No, seriously. Look at this.
0: Seriously. So, <laughs> seriously.
1: So he started on doing his trousers. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. come on, Colin. And I said, we more may than, be
0: out the back, but let's yeah. get a bit <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he said, look, all I've done is swap my rolls for your rolls. I can't eat a fucking salad when I'm on site. Yeah. And all I've done is swap my rolls for your rolls. Because I get laughed at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've lost three stone in three months. He goes, you've well. got, you got me for life. So he still drinks beer, he still does that, but he's just not got the packed sugars. And
2: and I guess less snacking, fuller for longer yeah. and everything
1: else. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Fantastic. It's, it's amazing, so...
2: So what, what drives, obviously there's a few different products that we're looking at, so you started at Bread, what then start, was it did you have a sort of vision for where you wanted it to go or, you know, customer driven, tried a few things?
1: So we started too broad to begin with because from the business side of things we thought where there is a carb, there is an opportunity, okay, that was our kind mm. of mantra and we listed about 500 new product development ideas which is a very bad mistake.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Perhaps excessive, yeah.
1: But then uh, the research that uh, Colette's been doing on on the, on the product side of things is to see what our customers want and work with our customers. And what's the biggest selling thing that has so many carbs apart from bread? One of them is pizza. So that was our mm. natural move. We, we find that there are probably a number of people that benefit from our products and that have a sweet tooth, which may be the reason they're in a position they're in mm. and looking to lose weight. So we do a lot of sweet treats as well, but they're not such a staple. So yeah. as, we've had to, as we've grown, we've pulled those back from a sort of a cash flow perspective and just working on the, the, the real daily things that can help people. So ultimately, we want to be the trusted brand of choice. And if you look at our reviews, you get things such as people who are type 1 diabetic saying, I love it when they bring out another product, I can just trust it. I know it's not going to affect my sugars, yeah. um, my blood sugars. And that for me is like, that's, that's where we want to get to. Ideally, we'd like to be, we'd grow and be that trusted brand. But ultimately, if all food just didn't have as many carbs in it, we wouldn't be in the position we are with 80% obesity and 30 odd percent of people who, uh, adult population are pre diabetic Mm -hmm. in the Western world. Unfortunately, we've gotten to a very bad place and the highly processed carbs, um, are. Pretty much the root cause for that.
2: That was going to be my next question. What's like the biggest problem facing your industry? Is it, Would you say it is diet habits of consumers?
1: So for me, I think there's uh, two or three things. So the food industry itself is not designed to provide healthy products. And the stats show that 70% of customers actually look for healthy options, but they're not there. Now if you think about why, um, and this isn't me saying this, is regurgitating some other information. Back in the 50s when we had uh, kind of a, a, a food Potential crisis where we have a baby boom and we need to find a way to produce more food. And we did a clever thing and we, and we found a way of doing that. But um, a corn in the cob, which I like corn in the cob, if you can turn that corn in the cob into corn oil, corn starch, or flour, and a plethora of other things, you can start making chicken nuggets that are made of corn, covered in corn breadcrumbs, cooked in corn oil. Yeah. So when you eat that, you're eating uh, much uh, yeah uh, corn's good for you but normally you have like hundreds and thousands of different nutrients that go in your body and now you're just having corn or highly processed corn yeah the other thing with that is the um, the amount of sugar release that you get Um, so from a slightly digressing from the industry but can I just come into it yeah Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the GI index yeah yeah glycemic index yeah so uh, when I found out about it it was kind of brown rice is better than white rice. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anything that takes longer to cook is just not as tasty anyway. And you know, But anyway, so a quick quiz then for you guys. So the GI index is, um, measures the level of sugar in your blood released from a, a food. So they, they, they measure that over usually about a 45-minute period, okay? Right. So it goes from like uh, 1 to 100. Right. So where do you think, but on a scale of 1 to 100... Uh, a slice of white bread comes in.
0: A hundred being...
1: hundred being the worst, one being the best.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with like... I'm going to say 40. 87,
1: Eighty seven forty, Okay. It's a hundred.
0: Ah, I there win. There is
1: not a worse product on the GR scale than white bread, typically processed white bread.
0: But I was closer than you, she was. You Just so say, we're well, clear. Not
1: our bread, but standard bread, okay? So, just to understand what it looks like, where do you think a spoonful of sugar comes in? If... if, if Bread, white bread's at 100. Where's, where's sugar? Do you think 90 where, 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 Where's your thi- you thing?
0: I think perversely is going to be quite a lot lower. Okay, give yeah. the numbers 65. Yeah, I'll go with
1: that. Okay, very close. 54. So eating a spoonful of sugar is not as bad as eating a slice of white bread.
2: By almost half.
1: Yeah. Now, the reason for that is white bread is highly processed and If you think about your chemistry days, it's got one bond, you know, and so it turns into it all turns into glucose and fructose Mm in the the carbohydrate. So then, if you look at a loaf of bread, okay, so a loaf of bread has typically anything between sort of six to eight percent sugars, which you think is quite low, and it has on average about 48 percent carbohydrates. Yeah, but 48 percent, or call it 50 just for the, the maths, gets turned to sugar. So if you've got a loaf of bread, half of that loaf of bread will turn into sugar. Mm-hmm. So if you if you knew that, would you buy it?
0: No, no. And I was going to have soup and bread for supper tonight. You now can. I'm rethinking. But you can. But well, yeah. No, can. I'm, no, I'm going to yeah. have a roll with it.
1: <laughs> you got ours, which is like four percent, four five percent. So 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 industry wise, there's two things. So one is the industry is not designed to help people. It's designed to produce products that we can eat and. Apparently, I need is validated, well but Doctor Chris talking mentions it. Eighty percent of the calories we eat are owned by six companies globally.
0: Yeah, I can believe that. Totally believe it's that.
1: Awful, isn't it? So why would they change? Yeah. So that's the first one. The second thing is, I'd say the Maltese, the education of them, because at the, especially at the moment in the current light of trying some things, they're looking at reducing costs, and their cost reduction is oh. More processed, own brand, mm-hmm. rather than let's do something better for our community. Now, I could say to them, you know what? If you buy our bread, we will bring in people to your categories that don't normally buy from, from this category. So, someone who wants to lose weight can go into the pizza art and buy pizza and lose weight. That's mm-hmm. a no brainer, isn't it? Oh, I know about that. You know, well, I've got to do my margins and, do, do, and off they go again. Yeah, yeah. So, the education of them is not where it needs to be. Um, and that's driven by government as well and all sorts of things. It's like the HFSS, um, high-fat, salt and sugar compliance. That is, that you, your product has to be it to be a front-of-shelf. That doesn't... Um, and I was with a large uh, pizza company I won't name, and they were really impressed of their new HFSS pizzas. And I went, yeah, but what about the carbs? What about all those carbs that get turned into sugars? Oh, we don't get measured on those, so, so it's really good. We, care, about, yeah. we don't
0: care about them. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then the final bit for me, in terms of industry challenge, is the consumer... Because the consumers are not um, stupid people. They are very informed, but you keep informing them of the wrong information, they will make the wrong decisions. So when people find our products, they stick with it, 80% uh, repeat purchase. And if I could change the uh, labelling rules for, let's say, for all products and say, uh, this loaf of bread has a line on it, or you have to have a colour that says, um, half of this loaf of bread is, is hidden sugars. And then another company, not us, but another company says, uh, only forty six percent of our bread is hidden sugars. You would go for the one with forty six percent and then someone else would bring a thirty percent and twenty five percent and you know and all of us we put a sugar tax a hidden sugar tax on bread and it's fixed it's not It's not campaigns it's just common sense and then the customer or the consumer will just make the right decision.
2: don't you find with consumers that, i mean i don't know if I'm just an easily influenced person yeah but you are <laughs> very but there are um there's like so many and possibly controversial, but I guess kind of like fad diets. Like 18, I don't know, 18 to 24 months ago, suddenly everyone became a vegan, right? Like, yeah. and you know, two, well, maybe a bit longer ago now, I yeah, lose track two, of time with COVID. It but, was keto. Yeah. And like, yeah. do do you find that? Does that worry you? Like, especially now, like you were saying, your products exploded overnight through a fantastic influencer. But, you know, if someone says, actually, keto, you know, you don't want a low-carb diet, that's bad for you. Like, it seems like it's so easy to cotton on to all these things quite quickly that it could be quite harmful.
1: I I absolutely agree. And yes, we have had those worries. And when we started, we were keto life. And we thought that Mm -hmm. was very much a a very specific thing.
0: Very niche.
1: Very niche, yeah. yeah. And as we've learned... About the value, the benefits. It's not you don't have to be in a state of ketosis. So if you're if you're really uh, starved of well, that's what the effect is of sugars in your in your blood, um, you can produce ketones to um, metabolise the fats in your body. And a healthy person has probably can 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 hold three to four thousand calories in their blood, but any one time has thirty to forty thousand calories around their body. Well, oh, so,
0: it's got much more than that, <laughs> <laughs> pretty
1: sure. So you think about back in the, back in the day, um, I say day back in caveman day, and I'm old. When you went out, you didn't go, right, I'm, I'm off out hunting. Uh, I'll be back at 10 for lunch, yeah. snacks, and I'll be back at 1. You could be walking for five or six days. So it's a natural state of being, isn't it, to, to be in a state of ketosis to carry on and surviving, which is also why we have such a sweet tooth, because when we find berries, we need to eat as many as we can because so we don't know when it's going to happen. The fact we've got berries in the form of donuts or in every corner is another reason why we're in this position. I don't think now. that's a
0: bad move, Donuts in every corner <laughs> no, over berries. I mean, I would second that, I think. You know, that could be an ambition.
1: So the answer is absolutely yes, but when we got contacted by the NHS, so, so we started and we get the typical armchair warriors on um, Facebook saying, it's not keto, it's got these oil in or whatever, da da da, da. Yeah. And it's like, well, what is the true definition of keto? And for me, if the NHS contacts you, to ask us to support them um, from a charity perspective to help their ketogenic patients, Mm. that if they're not in ketosis, there's going to have some serious consequences. We kind of think, all right, our products hit the keto tick box. But we are, in our mindset, low-carb, because there are so many proven um, benefits for... And and this is interesting. We shouldn't be called low-carb. We should just be called... Right amount of carbs, mm. yeah, yeah. The fact is, we're having too many carbs, Reset too many highs. Fr- yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So a lot of it is education as well, then.
1: Yeah, but the NHS are—they've got a number of programs now, uh, not only for low carb food programs, but also. Uh, I think it's with Aviva. Um, in terms of if you are type two or pre-diabetic, you go on a course and they help you learn about your blood sugars, etc. And one of the ways to control those blood sugars is not to have so many carbs and sugars and the like. So that's it's it been proven from a medical perspective, and then you can see all the research that also happens. So um, for people who want to, well, not want to, have to be in a state of ketosis, we have uh, we work at the charity Daisy Garland, and they look after children who are who have drug resistant epilepsy. And mm. being in a state of ketosis reduces the amount of seizures they have, okay? sometimes up to ninety percent. And wow. we have customers that do that. you know we, we come and see, we can see us. So there's uh, clinical trials working with uh, bipolar disorder, and um if you think about your brain as a big lump of fat and you're throwing sugars in it you know to transfer energy normally, but if you're in a state of ketosis, you're doing kind of a fat to fat transfer. And they're finding that these seizures are, or, or the episodes are less. Oh, it's interesting. Keto or low carb tends to be anti-inflammatory uh, naturally. So uh, there's clinical studies on rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, sleep, and overall well-being. And if you think about, if you have less inflammation, you have less pain. If you have less pain, you sleep better. If you sleep better, you feel better. You know, it's, it's not. It's not the bread that's doing that. It's just. Following a better diet, yeah. but if you can eat what you want to eat and still be in that better environment, that's that's where our focus. Yeah,
0: is. Yeah, because it, it doesn't for many people, and I, I absolutely say for me, it doesn't work to just not eat any of the things that you really want to eat yeah. because then you lose it eventually and start become the cookie monster <laughs> and like eat everything you see for a couple of hours. Whereas you know if you've got products that you can eat anyway, brilliant. Is there anything that you've seriously fucked up yeah. so far that you'd like to tell us about?
1: I think for us, or for me, and I think the, the team, the senior team would agree, the, the fear of losing out. So we've, we discovered this and it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then we got US retailers talking to us, UK retailers, uh, Middle East retailers, um, so massive FOMO. and the NHS contacting us. So we started working with two hospitals and we're at a food event. And they came over to see us and said, we need healthy food in our catering organization. Can you provide your products across the UK? Yeah, we'll figure out how later. And after 278 page contract, we've got it, but it's a long journey to get there. So what do I do? Do I stop working on the consumer side of things and educating people through crazy TikTok videos and digital marketing? Or do I focus over on the NHS? Or do I fly out to America? And the biggest fuck up, was trying to do all those things
2: at the same time at
1: the same time mm. yeah, at, and there'd probably be Jack and Colette nodding their heads at the moment. two amazing people
2: What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: I think accountability be accountable, even if it's not your fault, and if you're involved in anything or someone speaks to you, you could be like the um the, the, what's it the seven things you know mm. how do you know Kevin bacon, there's always seven people you can yeah. look into it. Uh, the chances are you could link yourself into that issue, yeah. And if you just own it straight away, then you can do something about it, and you can make it better. And even if it's not your fault, it's a better experience for all those involved. And it's just the right thing to do. And that's also my biggest bugbear, like the biggest bugbear I have, is when I'm working with a, a, a new member of the team or something like that, and they just have this have a shirky. So, oh no, no, that wasn't me. It was something, you know. Yeah, that's this
0: it. Uh, it wasn't my fault. This happened. All this happened.
1: Yeah, mistakes yeah.
0: happen. Just own it. Yeah, right. yeah,
1: absolutely, hundred percent.
0: Do you think we're too much the other way in the UK though? Because I mean, I frankly must admit that I say sorry for absolutely everything.
1: Yeah. My friends, that's just
0: English, isn't it? Would kill me. I someone will bump into me and I'm I so say sorry. sorry to them, yeah. and they literally laugh at me and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm just like, oh, "Sorry." <laughs> But, you know, I also think it's, it's actually quite a useful solution. I mean, particularly in a service industry like, you know, professional services, you know, if a client does something stupid, I will say, I'm so sorry, I must have just not been clear, or I, I didn't explain myself properly, or that's entirely my fault, what we need to do is this. It just makes people happy to not think it's their fault.
1: Do you have any particular clients you want to name? No.
0: <laughs> well, I couldn't... They know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: From my corporate days, do your time and you'll get promoted.
0: Oh, God, yes. Yeah. I mean, as in, yes, that's bollocks.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you believe when you're young, you know, and you're like, you don't know any better. That, well, absolutely, I'll do my time and I'll move on to the next bit and then I'll do that. And no, not at all. You've got to make your own destiny. Well, I mean... I say that in a doing a positive way.
0: If you build it, they will come. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. I'm just thinking of some of the toxic American companies that I worked with, where it is something. It's like watching a program on Netflix, where everybody's out just to kill each other. You know, find the worst way to destroy someone else who happens to be your colleague, your boss, or whatever. Yeah, it's horrible.
0: Okay, yeah, you need a happy medium somewhere.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And now a quick word
2: from our sponsor. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark. Straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935.
1: You can find us at oriclark.com.
0: Is there something that you think is bullshit in your industry?
1: For me, that is a combination of consultancies slash agencies. Now, whilst there could be some good ones out there that can really look after you.
0: Doing what?
1: Saying they're going to do anything and doing nothing and... Um, and I don't mean this to all marketing agencies, I'm sure there's some fantastic ones out there, but the promise of whatever it happens to be, whether it be marketing or sales, and it seems to be more, well, I know the cost of acquisition went up and we didn't get what we needed to, yeah. but could you still pay me so I can go on holiday this week and uh, you need to spend some more advertising budget next week and we'll fix it.
0: I see that so much, not with advertising agencies because of what I do, but with with um, consultancies that reckon they will find you investment. Mm. And they're all like, you know, pay us an upfront fee of like a couple of grand and then a percentage of what we get you or what you raise in this round. And even if their terms are quite reasonable, and I've seen some shockingly unreasonable terms, but even if their terms are quite reasonable, the number of times that, you know, you're setting out to raise a million... And they find you 200 grand. And then they come along and they're like, well, yeah, it was really because it's not really the right time. And, the, you know, before you instruct them, they're like, yeah, it's going to be easy. We're going to find you this. No problem. It'll be fine. There are, it's a great product. There are loads of people out there that want to invest. It's going to be brilliant. Then you instruct them. And then it's like there's all sorts of reasons, not a taking counterability at all for why they haven't found that funding. And okay, maybe that's fine because you're paying them 5% of what they found you and they found you shit all, so you pay them shit all, you know. But a lot of the time, you've invested a load of time and energy in hiring these people and then they just don't perform. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also put your belief in them to find them that million quid so you're then
2: not investing your time trying to find the 800 grand shortfall. Andy,
0: welcome to the 10 second quick fire round. Oh,
1: God. Right. Okay.
0: This is where we're going to ask you a list of questions to get to know you a little bit right. better. Okay. And you have about 10 seconds, never happens, to answer each question. Okay. <laughs>
1: 10 seconds to answer each question. Yeah. Oh, that's right.
0: D, cue the music. It's not all right. We won't get through it. But anyway, let's keep it going. All right. What was your first job?
1: Uh, working in the well, working in a market, paid up at four thirty in the morning. But the first entrepreneurial thing was selling time on my Pac-Man watch to kids at school at the age of ten.
0: Love that. selling time, yeah. That's very well, like
1: look, you, you said, 10 conceptual. seconds. It's yeah. I know, but
0: I'm like, <laughs> how do you sell time?
1: Well, it's, it's, it was basically a Pac Man watch, like a Casio thing. Oh, I see. And I start and I
0: they could play it for 2p
1: like... there, which was enough money for the sweet shop. And if you did it, which you never did, you got 50p back. However, it was just before oh, the I end, of, was very uh, entrepreneurial. end of End uh, of, like term when you're, everyone's allowed to bring toys in, yeah. And I've been doing it for like two, three weeks. And um, and I, one, we did have one winner which killed me, but um. On the front on the Friday when everyone said to bring toys in, it just went to shit because everybody just started trying to charge each other for using the <laughs> you know, And the teacher has just a had, Yeah, the teacher just gave us um, a polite telling off of how it's meant to be together and blah 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 blah. So yeah, that was my first. Anyway, you're right. These dark ten second answers, the are they? I
0: know, but the house always wins. What was your worst job?
1: So I worked for um an Insurance company, I did a, what it, a week's uh, school thing, you know, where you go out and tend to a sat-, sat job. And um, you do, it's my very, very first job. And without being physically abused, I was so abused by the uh, the, the manager, this big thing of a horrible person. And the I call them the girls because it was back yeah. then, were like, just don't worry about it, don't worry about it, just ignore it, just ignore it. So I was expected to, and nowadays you would. They'd be arrested. It was horrible, you know. So, so that, that was probably the worst one. But I didn't want to give it up because you got a job and you want to keep, you know, yeah. make your mum proud sort of thing, you know.
0: Favourite subject at school? Uh, maths. What's your special skill?
1: Uh, selling a vision.
2: I like that. What did you want to be when you grew up?
1: <laughs> I generally, so the careers officer thought I wanted to be in the police. Uh, or fire, because I ticked the I like uniforms box.
0: (laughs) I got told (laughs) to go into the police as well. I sort of slightly regret that I didn't in some Uh, ways, but in other ways, no.
1: But the actual uh, thinking long and hard, I actually wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a plastic surgeon, because if you think back in the day, that's when it was starting to be a thing that was actually, this is good for uh, dysmorphia, for mental reasons, for medical reasons, for... uh, Other reasons, and I was also, let's be honest, a Uh, teenage boy at the time. Yeah, it's cash, yeah, it's cash, good cash. So that was, but then I found out that I had to do a year on the, um, well, firstly, I'm dyslexic, and so uh, that amount of study was probably going to kill me. And secondly, I had to do a year on the wards, putting your fingers up people's bums. I didn't really fancy that.
0: (laughs) What did your parents want you to be?
1: Um, I think, so dad's ex military background, but mum just wanted me to be. Doing something that she could talk to her friends about. You know, we were back in those days. Oh, he's he's a so-and-so doing that in London, is he? Oh, really? Oh, your son's not, is he? Oh, did it? you know that sort of thing.
0: You have to be a bit careful though, because like <laughs> my nan was very much like that, but she wanted to be able to tell her friends that her her grandchildren were hairdressers. So we all disappointed her massively. <laughs> it's like fucking our lawyers and doctors don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. What's your go-to karaoke song?
1: Um, I've got two probably teenage dirtbag by Weezer. Yeah, the, that's a
0: that's a good that's, thing. A that's an
1: awesome one. That is awesome. A friend did a, had a live karaoke band. You just go up on stage and sing, and they back you. I know how about it's amazing, best birthday thing ever to do. Um, and the other one I'd say would be Creep by Radiohead. Because you can practice that. You can keep going and hold the next one in the car. And, just and keep also going.
0: how often do you get to stand on stage and say, I'm a weirdo <laughs> and people don't. Quite a lot, of...
1: actually, Thursday nights yeah. mainly for me. Yeah. <laughs> <But>
0: only Thursdays. <laughs> um office dogs. <laughs> business or bullshit.
1: I've heard this so many times, so I asked the team, okay? Yeah. And we have a 50-50 split. So all the young team said, definitely business. All the senior management, bullshit. And then Jack said, Yeah, we don't want fun in this place.
0: <laughs> I mean, what would you would you go for, business or bullshit? We'll push it one way or the other. I'd say bullshit. Excellent. <laughs> that's what we like. Um, it's uh, so
2: your go. Have you ever been fired?
1: So back in the day before the internet, before when emails around, we there was like the, the sales department and poaching department We just got ca- like in twenties, early twenties. We got carried away writing humorous, erotic. Uh, sort of stories to each other and getting voted on which one was the best one on email. And, That's
0: so the kind of thing that I end up doing.
1: And I was so proud of the one I did, It was awesome, um, that I printed it off before I went on holiday. I forgot to take it with me, so it was just left on the printer. So when I came back, it was on my manager's desk, and that wasn't anything he gave me.
0: Uh, what's your vice?
1: So. Uh, vice is something immoral or wicked, yeah? So, if you ask my friends... Something I,
0: you do too much of. Right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, but that's me. I mean, you know, if I can be...
0: Right. <laughs> so you're just a massive vice I, machine. You
1: know, if I can wind people up or get them to do things out of comfort zone, whether it be friends or family, that, that is definitely the thing I like to do. I like to be wicked. However, on a slightly sadder note, um, the actual vice is probably alcohol. So my industry back in the corporate days, is, yeah. socially, it's always alcohol, and that's you know it's in the city, etc. And it still exists, especially the food and beverages, was at the the grocery awards, and they got free alcohol. We won an award, by the way, for oh
0: what? Congrats!
1: Um, but you know it, it's just there. And whilst I try to exercise regularly, if we're going through the end of our equity raise, for example. I am exhausted, yeah. and I should go to the gym, or I just have a couple of beers.
0: Yeah. It's hard to switch off as well. You All said, right. you know, yeah, when you're you working off. late and you know that you've got to get a reasonable night's sleep and you just, you, you know, how do you switch off if you don't relax? Yeah. How do you relax quickly? Have a glass of wine.
1: Or four. So, yeah, that's definitely the advice.
0: Um, have you got uh, any recommendations for things we should be reading, watching, listening to?
1: Absolutely, especially in the the world we're in at the moment. So the first one I'd say, which I read first, was uh, Henry Dimbleby's um, Ravenous, which is basically a a summarised take on the national food strategy. And from farm to fork, of all the things we need to do, all the problems we've got to overcome, um, he's uh, ex-Leon founder. And it's really, really informative, really informative. The other one is, uh, you know, two twin doctors you see on TV? Yeah. Yeah? Chris Chris and... Chris and Zan, Yeah, Chris has done a book called um, "Un Ultra Processed People."
0: I and heard him talking about oh it. Oh my not god! Not
1: yeah, yeah. So there is another podcast. Other podcasts are available that he's on. There. Yes, we
0: don't like to talk about. No, that, I'm not. Right? I'm going <laughs> to mention but it,
1: but in terms of the book, though.
0: Yeah, you know, it's also you kind of put your finger on something that's really important. You know, I a lot of my clients, as many people will know, a lot of my clients are food and drink businesses. And pretty much, I'd say 80% of them have some health aspect to them, whether it's high protein or low sugars or all those kind of things. So it's it's really an area that's growing and growing and growing, I think.
1: It is, it is. But we have got to do it for the best reasons, though, rather than hide behind government labelling systems because you can still make a bad product. So the number of no added sugars, you can still of course, damage to someone who's diabetic
0: and any podcasts that people could listen to once they're done with us.
1: So, Parenting Hell, please tell me you watch that, listen to that. So, I'm not
0: a parent, the, you don't have to be
1: Rob Beckett, Josh Willicomb. It's like, oh, yes, yeah. I've seen they are it. funny. Um, because
0: oh, it's my quite God. high up in the charts, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it, yeah.
1: but it's just a lifesaver. I mean, there's chalk and cheese, um, in terms of who they are, and they're. Just someone you can listen to, and uh, they're just it's, it's, a, it's a comfort blanket of life, basically.
0: Okay, Andy, so this is where we give you 30 seconds to pitch whatever you'd like. I'm guessing you're going to pitch seriously, but I could be wrong.
1: So, um, we are seriously, so that's uh, S-R-S-L-Y without the vowels. I'll give you a few examples about our products. Uh, we have award-winning pizzas that have more protein in than uh, steak per 100 grams. Our award-winning jam has less sugar in it than a garden pea. Our products are used by NHS dietetic nurses uh, and their ketogenic outpatients. Our customers have an eighty percent repeat order rate, forty uh, percent subscribe. So we're probably doing something right. And yeah, that, that, we, we just love you to think about the amount of carbs you eat. Remember, um, a typical white loaf bread half of it is sugar. And yeah, let, let's just combat and take control of obesity and diabetes.
0: And and if people are looking for seriously products, seriously looking for seriously, seriously. products, if, if you where do in, they go?
1: if you type in srsly into Google or Bing, we'll come up, no problem. So just there are
0: people out there using Bing.
1: I'm not going to say anything because it may <laughs> adju- adjust our strategy. <laughs> okay. But yes, there are.
0: Okay. So there you have it. That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. Thank you to my wonderful co-host Amelia and to Andy for joining us. Thank you very much. We'll be back with our quiz, Business or Bullshit, on Thursday. Until then, it's ciao.